Welcome to the Iowa Journalist Podcast Series presented by the University of Iowa School of Journalism and Mass Communications. I'm your host, Dylan Fadden. On this episode, I talk to Andre Perry, a University of Iowa alumni that currently serves as the executive director of the Angler Theater in downtown Iowa City. I went to the University of Iowa um, to get my, my master's in, in nonfiction uh, writing. So I got my, got my MFA from Iowa and that was back in 2008. Um, and that was an absolutely amazing experience in all those, you know, part of the nonfiction program and the English department and all that. It definitely was connected to, I think, a lot of the other um, programs around campus, just engaging with other thinkers and writers and artists um, and people just working on super awesome projects. Um, so when I was in school, uh, some friends and I formed this festival called Mission Creek Festival. Uh, back in 2006. And it was based on an event that I worked on in the San Francisco Bay Area before moving to Iowa to go to school. And um, it was a it was a music and literature festival. And basically, from there, we, we just kind of tended to the festival and let it grow for the most part organically over the next many, many years. And uh, it, it started off as just like a passion project, just like, you know, a thing of celebrating music and literature, which just seem like such important things in this particular community, um, both with students and with people who just live here. And we just kept building that thing. And, and in the meantime, I was finishing school. Um, I worked for the university for a couple of years. I was teaching, I worked as an advisor. Um, I also had a part-time job working at an old venue called The Mill. I was booking shows there, waiting tables, and um, basically just involved in a lot of projects that were just really important and, and fun to me and supported artists and uh, hopefully were, you know, help, hopefully made the community better in a, in a small way. Um, and from there, I, I ended up working uh, where I work now at the Englert Theater, which is a historic venue that's based in downtown Iowa City. And the Engler is a physical space, but uh, it's also an arts organization. So it's more than the space. It's all about, uh, you know, helping to support artistic engagements that uh, um, hopefully just make this, a, make this a cooler and better place to live. We feature a lot of local and Iowa-based folks as well as uh, national artists. Um, throughout our programs, you know, day in, day out shows that we do or lectures or other cool events. We've got a couple of festivals, we've got educational programming, and we work in a lot of venues in the area. So it's not just things that happen at the Angler, but at venues all across Iowa City and, and uh, Cedar Rapids area. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know you kind of mentioned um, how you kind of, you focus on other events going on in Iowa City. Can you kind of just touch on the both your and the Englert's relationship to the Iowa City community and the University of Iowa? Yeah. Um, well, you know, we see all the work we do at the Englert as really being in service to the city of Iowa City, um, both in a philosophical way to just the citizens at large of Iowa City and also to uh, the actual municipality, the city of Iowa City and its strategic vision. So we're very closely aligned with the city and, and hopefully its dream for the future of this area. And we've also just been in deep partnership with, I would say, a variety of programs and departments and people at the University of Iowa um, for a really long time. You know, the university is a big part of this community. So, um, and, you know, the, from the students to the professors to the staff, there's just a lot of creativity and, and just amazing ideas happening on campus. So, 
we're we, we consider ourselves really close with the, with the UI in particular. Um, we've worked super closely with uh, Scope Productions um, since they bring a lot of concerts to the area. So we've been really deep partners with them on Mission Creek, uh, with the University Lecture Committee, um, and then with just so many just different like academic departments. You know whether it's journalism or English department or some of the arts programs and departments, uh, the graduate college at large. So, you know, we, we're we really close with the UI in a lot of different ways. I also did some research and saw that you guys have another festival called the Witching Hour Festival. Um, can you just kind of take us through more in depth of what each of these do? And then if there was any inspiration to the creation of these events as well? Yeah, um, so Mission Creek was the first, you know, festival that I worked on in Iowa City. Um, I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area before moving to Iowa, and I worked on the original Mission Creek Music and Arts Festival with Jeff Ray, who's the founder of that. And uh, he encouraged and supported forming the Midwest version of the festival, um, which is different, but I think inspired by a lot of the values of just, you know, building up a voice for artists from your community and beyond. And so we started Mission Creek in 2006 and it's grown into very much music and literature festival, features writers from around the country, the world, writers who are based here of all ages and backgrounds um, and, and does the same thing with the musicians, you know? And so it really inhabits a lot of the venues and spaces we have in our downtown. Um, and so that's been a really, I would say, it's been a fun festival. What we're trying to do with that one is build community for writers. And, you know, Iowa City has a really um, long history with writing and literature. And so it just seemed like a good place to have this sort of event. Um, so we're trying to build a community for writers, both the writers who are based here, whether they're in school or out of school, um, as well as uh, independent publishers and writers from around the country. And then for music, it's really, really focuses on in independent voices in music. Um, across a lot of different genres and also wants to be, you know, uh, an opportunity for Iowa-based musicians and bands to play as well. Um, and we, we really have fun just like finding artists that you might not have heard of in Mission Creek and, and giving them a platform and just having shows that just hopefully change people's lives. And I think we've done that a few times. Some of the biggest shows we've done have been with Scope actually, you know, I remember we did Grizzly Bear like seven or eight years ago in the Angler, it was like totally <laughs> inappropriate for them to be playing a venue that small, but they were on their way to Coachella and uh, they were like, let's do this festival in Iowa City. That's and awesome. <laughs> it was just fun. So um, that's Mission Creek. Uh, Witching Hour is a little bit different. You know, it, that, that festival started in 2015 and it's multidisciplinary. So it's really open to kind of any form of art or just even just like thinking or like just thought. It's really about um, how we engage the unknown, how we think about what the future can be and, and creating new projects as well. And it's like, it's a real like philosophical festival. It's like much smaller than Mission Creek. And it, it tends to involve a lot of students and, and professors and, and artists doing maybe more avant-garde work. Um, and it's really a place for people to, to try out ideas for the first time. I, I mean, there's so many uh, witching hour events where just like 
artists have or thinkers have just like presented the thing that they're doing for the very first time and they're still working it out it's not perfect and the audience i think is really into um work kind of just being around the edges um i remember you know in recent years the author kiese layman came through he was teaching first semester at iowa and he read you know i remember the opening chapter from his book his memoir heavy which came out you know a couple years later to great acclaim and he just like shared that he's like hey guys i'm working on this this book's gonna come out in a couple of years and i just wanted to share this piece with you and you know just him sharing that was just i remember just everyone just being in that room and like it was just like everyone was listening to every single word um those are the kind of experiences that i think um witching hour is about as well as even like making art like literally during the festival we've had like installations that go up during the festival um and there's been a lot of cool music as well as just like as a means of like just processing everything we've seen or learned that day uh the opening year doom tree came through and just did like an amazing amazing show on the opening night and then i one of the bands had to cancel that was playing later that night and doom trees djs were just like whatever we'll just we'll just do a dj set and they went over to another venue and just did a dj set so it's just like it's just that kind of like energy of just creativity and learning and try to figure out where we're supposed to go in this world that's that's witching hour that's really cool um and just kind of going off of that you kind of touched on like the growth aspect even of like how mission creek's grown and i know witching hour is fairly new but kind of how it's grown as well i kind of wanted to ask you um how you've seen yourself grow now being uh the director of the anglet for just about 10 years now um so just some of that yeah i mean it's always you know we're always growing it's always changing you know we we try to finish a project and we're like this is it but it just means we're moving on to the next project and all of them relate to how can we be a better organization that serves this community through the work that we do. Um, our mission is to inspire and activate positive community growth through the arts. And so it all comes back to that. And so, you know, in recent years, I think we've really been examining the values of the organization so that it's really clear to us for each of us as staff members what the organization is about so that those values can dictate and and increase and just make the work that we're doing better. Um, we're we're trying to be as thoughtful as possible um, as we go through a time when, you know, on one side, uh, I think we're be just becoming more of like more aware of diverse qualities in people, you know, like very obviously, you know, there's always been, you know, discussions and fights for civil rights around race, ethnicity and gender and even those like you know civil rights issues that have been with us and with our the previous generations you know those are getting more complex and so we're, we're getting into an age where we're just like becoming more accepting and at the same time maybe more adverse to different kinds of diversity and so how can a community organization help get all of us to the table to um be a more unified community we're, we're trying to figure out how to do that how do we you know lessen harm in our communities and uh, activate um, more unity in our communities. And so we're, that's what we're growing through right now. And, you know, I don't know everything and our staff, no one on our staff knows everything. So all we can do is just try to learn and listen and, and, and try to get better at what we do.
No, I think that's an important question for everyone to ask themselves, no matter what line of work you're in or what you do. Um, and then, so what has been the most rewarding aspect of being the director of the Angler Theater? I think it's just fun. <laughs> you know, like, you know, um, you know, it's really hard and there are just miniature challenges every day and big challenges over time. Um, and it's a hard project and sometimes things go well and sometimes they fail. Uh, but generally speaking, it's fun. Uh, I think because, you know, I believe in the values of the organization. Um, I work with really good people and it's something that's just like at the heart of, of the town. It's not the only thing going on, but it's one of the things going on. And um, it's just fun to be in that mix of like, you know, there's always just a lot of energy and creativity coming out of the university. Um, there are a lot of cool downtown venues, whether it's the clubs or the bookstore, like Prairie Lights or film scene. And we like just being part of that culture. And then I really like the dichotomy of, you know, because athletics are, you know, important for this town, obviously on the high school level, but at the collegiate level, just because, you know, Iowa's, you know, it's, it's in the Big Ten. So like you get all this energy around football or basketball or wrestling or other sports. And I like that Iowa City can be this town that has that and also has this cool arts and culture stuff happening as well as a ton of other things happening, a, a burgeoning and growing like food scene. And so being involved in all of that is rewarding. It doesn't mean our town's perfect because it's not. And there's there's a lot of work to do, but it's like cool to have all that around you as you're trying to do better work. The past year with COVID-19 has obviously been difficult um, just for a lot of people in different areas. Can you kind of touch on how it impacted the performing arts sphere and how you managed through this time period? Yeah, totally. Um, it's been a tough time, you know, in, in, in the pandemic for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. In the arts and culture industries, um, particularly those that exists around public engagement and people gathering it's obviously been tough from an economic perspective because the things that we usually do we just can't do because you know we, we needed to shut down and we've been shut down for you know almost a year you know next week so it's a long time to to not be doing the business that you usually do uh so the challenge has been financial and because of the financial challenge that creates um I think just anxiety and uncertainty in your workforce and your partners in the community. And so that's tough. And a lot of people are going through that. So that's a tough part. Uh, on the other side of it, uh, we've been able to reapply some of our skills and learn new skills toward building new sorts of arts engagements and really embracing um, video and audio production in ways that you know, we've been adjacent to and even familiar with in the past, but now we have to go all in because that's how we deliver art is through um, the conversations we have in our podcast, through um, the video programming we do through our virtual festivals now and through some of our live performance virtual stuff that we're doing. So it's like, um, you know, it's actually, it's good that we're learning how to do that. Um, I like us to stay agile. I like us to be nimble. I like us to be challenged in terms of how we create and share experiences with our communities. Um, and in moving to the digital space, you know, our work has just 
inherently more accessible. Um, there's some people who can engage in it who just maybe couldn't engage in it before for a variety of reasons. Um, some of them maybe even being financial, right? So um, that's all good. Like we're, we're staying sharp and our team is like learning new efficiencies and new collaborations. We're just able to like make stuff in a way that um, we, we, it would have been more difficult to slow down, you know, in any other way. And at the same time, um, I, you know, obviously wish there hadn't been a pandemic because there's a lot of economic and, uh, and health damage that's been done. You know, half a million people are dead just in this country. So that's awful. And that's a lot to reckon with. Um, and a lot of people just haven't had access to the health or economic needs they need because of, you know, historic inequalities. So that's all bad news. Um, for us, we're trying to figure out how we can push through this, use these new skills, these new ways of connecting with communities to hopefully be part of positive change and as we, you know, emerge from the pandemic. I also know that you published your first book, I'd say about a little over a year ago now. Um, can you just go through the, your writing process and if there's any inspiration behind writing your book? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I published a collection of essays in November 2019 called Some of Us Are Very Hungry Now. It is called a collection of essays. It could also be called a fragmented memoir and um, is really about stepping into the real world, uh, which for a lot of us is, you know, like in our early 20s. Um, some people went to school, went to college. Some people went to high school and didn't go to college, maybe did something else. Some people went to the service. Um, but kind of returning to the real world and, and that thought that you're supposed to have a job or you're supposed to like just start your life and knowing some things, but really not knowing everything. And that's like really in some ways when growing up begins and it really explores just like um, on a personal level, just questions of identity and how to find oneself in the world and to really in a more specific level, just understand what American society is made up of and how complex we are as, as a society and as a people and how many tensions there are within this world. It, it was all coming from that and just like looking at, you know, what does it mean to find yourself? How do you define your identity as you, when you, when you really start growing up? And I think there's a lot that happens for a number of people, like between ages, like maybe 23 and 33, where you really, you know, for better or worse, you know, you, you, you get into your identity and, and that's what defines how you're going to move forward in life from there. So that's, that's what the book, that's what the premise of the book is on. And, 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 each of the essays has, you know, I think a narrative um, base as well as a philosophical base to them. So there's a lot of questions in it and there's a, and there's a lot of things that happen as well. And uh, I, I've been writing some of the essays as standalone for several years and maybe around, I want to say 2014, and it's me that maybe this was a collection and maybe it was a longer narrative arc that should come together. And I worked on it um, for a while, you know, just slowly. That's my style. I write really slowly. So I just work methodically and just try to write all the time, do little bits all the time. And then it just adds up to something. Um, and so I, I can't remember, maybe it was like 2017 when I got a draft of it and 
did that first draft and then went back and wrote another draft of it and, um, you know, sent it out at that point and it became the manuscript that, that was published in 19. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it was a really, uh, I don't know if it was a fun pro it was a rewarding process. I don't know if it was fun, but, um, but I'm glad I did it. And so I'm kind of coming out of that book and, and going into new projects now. So, you know, always keep writing, always keep pushing forward. That's awesome. And it kind of, well, it does perfectly lead us into my next question of, can you give any advice to students who are currently pursuing a career in performing arts? And I guess to kind of switch it, what would be the one or the biggest lesson from your book that you could offer to aspiring students in the performing arts? I might be able to break it down into two things. One of them is to keep doing the thing that you're trying to do at whatever level you can manage it. So if we're thinking about writing a book, if you can write for 30 minutes a day, just do that and stay focused on it and be thinking about it and just stay committed to it. And a year later or two years later, you will be so much further ahead of wherever you were, you know, when you first started that project. And maybe it's not a book, maybe it's you want to produce shows in your town, or maybe you want to, you know, eventually work as a marketing department head in a, in a nonprofit organization that's doing performing arts. And maybe that opportunity isn't immediately available even to like get in the entry level. So you go volunteer for an organization and you just keep adding to it and keep adding to it and keep adding to it. Um, you know, sometimes I think in life we get some things that are short term, just windfalls that come out of nowhere and, and that's cool, but it's not guaranteed and more likely that doesn't happen. But long-term investments tend to pay off in this world and tend to pay off in this country. And so if you want to be something or if you want to do something and you just put whatever energy or resources you can put to it in that time, it will pay off over time. And, you know, 10 years might seem like a long time when you're 22, but you're still like super young at 32. So um, like, you know, it, 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 there's a reason to stick with the thing that you love and the project that you're trying to grow, whether it's a career, a passion project, or some combination of both of them. You know, um, we stuck with making Mission Creek, you know, just because we love doing it. And um, it just evolved over time because we kept learning and getting better and sometimes making really dumb and big mistakes, but learning from those mistakes and getting better the next year. So, um, you know, over time, you know, we didn't see it at the time, but like if I look back now, I'm like, oh, it's at this level now because of just like that long-term investment that we put into it, you know? So maybe just one thing, maybe I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> no, I think that's a really important lesson. And then just to kind of wrap us up, um, I want to ask you about your future, both if you yourself had any projects or I guess then as the angler as a whole. Yeah, totally. Um, on the, on the more personal side, just uh, I'm getting into my next probably long form book project. I was working on some shorter stuff in between books and uh, I'm just starting to like kind of coalesce my energy around that new project. And so that is going to be fun. That could take a couple of years. I don't know. Um, but just that's great because like that's a thing, you know, it's like, again, that long term event, I'll just, I'll just focus on that and maybe I won't have eight hours a day, but I'll, I'll get the hours I can get and just let it add up. So 
there's that. And then for the angler, I think the real next big thing um, strategically is going to be if we assume that we get to go back to having in-person events and, you know, there are concerts and festivals and fun stuff like that happening again, I th I'm really into like how we're going to build this hybrid organization that's able to have this more digital and virtual style of programming happening parallel to this in-person sort of programming have, you know, happening as well. I think that's where we're going, you know, um, at least for this next chapter as citizens, as consumers, it's like, you know, I think you'll often hear people say like, it's something's going all digital or it's going to just stay analog. And, you know, I'm not certainly not the first person to say this, but for a lot of things that, you know, it's going to be a combination of experiences, right? You know, um, you do want to sometimes go to a movie and like sit in a movie theater and have like an awesome afternoon. And sometimes you just like want to watch it on your phone, you know, like it's, but like, it's not like everyone's going to be a purist and just be like, I'm just watching, you know, HBO Max on my phone or, I'm only going to go to movie theaters. It's like you want a, a diverse set of experiences to have in your life. And sometimes you're in an airport and that's the time to watch like Wonder Woman. And sometimes like, you know, you're, you're, you're in the movie theater and you got a day off and you're like, cool, let's just go see like a new movie. And that's the time to see Wonder Woman, you know? So um, it's how can we present arts experiences in a variety of formats that we can sustain and provide like at a really high quality that give all the different types of people who want to engage with us like a way to have a way in. Yeah, no, I think kind of this past year in general is just to go off of what you touched on um, is that it's going to, we're going to see the world kind of shift towards the combination definitely. And it's, it's kind of taught us how, we can utilize the digital sphere as well as just in-person stuff as well. Yeah. Um, which, which I'm down with, you know, just as a yeah. person, like, I'm like, I like it. I like going to things and I like sometimes just being at home. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and speak with me and hopefully in the near future, we'll, We'll be able to see the angler become lively and have some in-person events again. We can, we can hope, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not Dr. Fauci, so I don't know when, but um, it would, it would be a, a, a really beautiful thing if that could happen sometime this year, but hopefully at least next year um, where we're able to do that again. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, you can find us at uiowa.edu backslash SJMC. For more episodes of the podcast, subscribe to our channel.